Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Rachel Yucatel. So something you may not know about me is that I'm a huge fan of country music. It's my music of choice. It's what I listen to in the car. Take me line dancing. I just love it and I will fall in love with you. Well, that's why I was so excited to get to talk to today's guest, Nico Moon. He's a singer, a songwriter, and a burst of positive energy. I can't wait to, for you guys to see his smile. Nico has written songs with people like Morgan Wallen, Dirk Bentley, Rascal Flack, and Zach Brown band, just to name a few. And now he's heading out on tour to support his new album, Better Days, which comes out January, 2024. I've always been fascinated by songwriting and Nico gives us an insider's perspective on the whole creative process. How do you write a song? The difference between a good song and a great song and what it's like to collaborate with someone you look up to. He tells us a great story about how the Zach Brown song, Keep Me In Mind came to be. You guys are gonna love this story. We talk about what inspires his music and who his dream collab partner would be. We also delve into personal struggles with addiction and how he's so excited to help others by giving back with his new foundation, Happy Cowboy. Nico just spread positive vibes and it's really infectious. You won't be able to stop smiling. So enjoy my conversation with Nico Moon. Nico Moon, thank you so much for joining me on Misunderstood. I'm so happy to meet you finally. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to meet you too. Looking and forward I love, to it. I love the hats. Every time I see you, it's a new hat. Amazing. I'm a little bit of a collector, you might say. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you always wear a hat? You know, every once in a while, I'll get a wild hair and not wear one, but I've been in love with hats since I was a teenager. And so uh, I love going around collecting hats uh, that I like uh, from hat makers that I love. So uh, it's a little bit of a hobby for me. And uh, who knows, somebody may be coming out with their own hat company next year. We'll see. I'm just saying. Oh, cool. All right. Well, I'm glad I asked. I will keep my eye out for that. Um, so Nico, I talked about you in the intro and we I discussed how much of a superstar you are. But before we get into all of that, I want to hear about your childhood and get how you got into music. Can you tell me a little bit about your upbringing? Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Texas to 
two very musical parents. I'm really lucky that I got the parents I got because I think music as a potential career, it's not really on the table, I think, for most kids, you know, yeah. um, as an option. And my parents always nurtured that uh, curiosity and excitement that I had for music and always made sure that it was known that it was a possibility if I wanted to follow it. Yeah. So uh, my dad toured around playing uh, as a drummer. They both play guitar and write songs. So I grew up in a really uh, musical household. We didn't, uh, we didn't have a lot. We were uh, pretty working class, uh, but we were rich on love and uh, we had some instruments in the house. So we love making music. So very grateful to that kind of upbringing. I think it's why I make the music that I make, to be honest with you, uh, right. as far as the, you know, the style of music being country music. Cause you know, uh, I just grew up working class. I got a heart for working class people and, uh, that's what I like to sing about. Yeah. So I'm curious, was like American Idol around when you were younger? Was that something that you thought about doing or that is like kind of not seen as a cool thing when you're like a real musician? Like, what do you think about that? It wasn't my personal, you know, uh, journey, I think, uh, you know, path. Yeah. I don't think it was my yeah. personal path, but for me, you know, um, any way that someone that's really amazing and creative uh, can get connected to the world, that's mm -hmm. a great thing, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't really matter how it comes about. So yeah. I know people got their opinions on, on, on that kind of stuff, you know? But for me, it's like, if you feel like that's something you want to do, go for it. And if you don't, the beauty of it is, especially nowadays, is uh, there's a million different ways to get connected to people just like we're doing now, you know? So uh, it's all about finding the way that works for you where you feel most comfortable and uh yeah but growing up not really you know that was more like uh uh I would say high school or really like college mm -hmm. so uh so for me my my goal was to uh kind of emulate the artists that I grew up loving so I wanted to cut my teeth in honky tonks and bars and uh kind of do it like the old school way so right. that's the way I went <laughs> So some people, you're right, get, you know, seen on a big show like American Idol. Some people will go on YouTube. And I know a lot of people have been discovered that way. But you went through um, the sort of raw, organic, old school way. So what was your first gig like? Oh, my God. Some of my first gigs were the most brutal gigs imaginable. Oh, no. um, I, I remember playing a Mexican restaurant one time. Uh, <laughs> And it was raining that day, so uh, nobody was out on the patio, which is where I was supposed to play. So the owner asked me, hey, man, you want to play in the in the entryway of the Mexican restaurant? And I was like, come on, man, don't do this to me. And uh, But it was 150 bucks. I had to I had to pay the bills, you know. So I sat up in the in the entryway next, you know, next to the newspapers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember people walking in the door and just being like, why is somebody right in front of me singing Sweet Home Alabama in a Mexican restaurant? <laughs> and uh, it was weird for them, weird for me, you know. Uh, and I remember just being kind of feeling pretty defeated because uh, mm. I was probably four or five years in to uh, playing consistently. Oh, and wow. uh, I, was at, I was at the point where, where – um, I was kind of playing bars and honky tonks, but I was also playing gigs like that too. And mm -hmm. I wasn't kind of getting to that next place and was uh, feeling like maybe 
I love music, but they didn't love me back. Right. And this oh. kid comes up to me. This kid comes up to me and is like uh, watching me. And I got a little glimmer of hope. So I was like, hey, what do you want me to play? I'll play you whatever you want. And he was like, oh, I'm good, man. I just want some gum. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and I realized I was playing in front of a gumball machine. Oh, my goodness. And That's that was, a great uh, that was pretty story. Oh my gosh. It was so, pretty but, brutal. I remember I remember riding home that night thinking to myself, all right, I got a decision to make here. Am I going to keep going with this thing or am I going to pack it in because I just got beat out by gun? Yeah. And I decided to give myself another six months. I was like, six months and let's see what happens. Three months later, I met Zach Brown from the Zach Brown band. I was playing at a honky tonk down in Georgia and he was, he was in there and saw me playing and my whole life completely changed from that point on. And Life just completely changed. So uh, I yeah. say that to just encourage anybody out there that's listening, that even if you've been at it for a long time and you're, and you're feeling like, you know, that dream isn't coming to fruition, don't give up. If it's really your, your dream, don't give up on it. Keep going. Yeah, that's such a great message. Okay, wait, so let's talk more about that. So was Zach Brown band like, known like it is now? Was he somebody that you recognize and you, you know, idolized at the time? So at the time, Zach was a local thing. He was uh, just in Georgia where he's from where I'm from. So he was really popular in the area, but Chicken Fried hadn't come out on the radio yet. He hadn't blown up as an artist. That would happen two years later. So uh, we just developed a friendship that night, started writing songs together. And then when he did blow up, I started going on the road with him and writing songs with him on the road. And that really started my career as a songwriter slash producer. Right. Um, so the way, so the way you got discovered was more for a songwriter and producer before being an artist yourself, correct, Ben? Yeah, I, I was on the road with the Zach Brown Band for 12 years. Uh, wow. Writing, writing songs with them. We've written over 40-something songs that they released together and uh have five or six number ones with them. And it, it's been, it was such an amazing journey. Uh, and we still write songs together. Uh, but that was really, I would say like my education. That was uh, where I learned the difference between a good song and a great song. And, and really the whole music world, Zach is my mentor. And he really taught me um, kind of how it all works, you know, and uh, at a certain point through that journey, you know, about eight or nine years into it, I decided to move to Nashville and spread my wings and see if I could start writing some songs for other artists. And that's what led me here to Nashville from Georgia. Got it. So let's talk about that. Actually, what does make a good song? How, like what, what are the details that go into figuring out songwriting? You know, it's interesting. It's kind of like a building a house. It's how I like to think about it. And uh, every songwriter has their own way of going about it. Mm-hmm their own method, and there's really not a right or wrong way. All that matters is that at the end of the day, you got a great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody has their own method. I have mine. This is mine. The way I like to start is I like to start with the idea of the song first. Mm-hmm. So uh, like for my song, Good Times, uh, I had this idea, uh, like a bobber on a wet line, I'm just trying to catch a good time. Mm. It was just the thought that I had to myself of like, trying to relate, you know, uh, getting into that feel good mentality with country lifestyle, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and so, um, I had the thought and when I had that thought that I'm like, oh man, 
a whole song could be built around that idea. I kind of stop with the lyrics and then I, I uh, grab a guitar and I start just strumming different chords and humming along until I find a chord progression that feels like that idea. Mm-hmm. Cause they got to match, you know, or else the song will feel schizophrenic, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, or like just, just, just joining. So uh, once the music feels good, then I start humming along and find the melody. And then once I find the melody of the song, then I write the lyrics. So music, melody, lyrics is the order I go in. But I know some people, they'll write a whole song lyrically out first, and then they put the music to it. So there's a million ways to, to cut it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. If you're like me, you tend to set really big goals for the coming year, but sometimes the simplest changes are the most impactful. For me, that's OneSkin's two-step approach to healthier skin. It's one of the easiest and best things I've done. Most skincare available on the market, and I've tried them all, is designated and designed to provide a temporary reduction in visible signs of aging, addressing just the surface symptoms. But OneSkin isn't just another skincare routine. It's a real science breakthrough. OneSkin's products are powered by a scientifically proven peptide called OS1 that targets lines and wrinkles right where they start, your cells, instead of just masking the signs of aging. OS1 is the first of its kind to actually turn back the clock. With their full line of face, eye, body, sun, and travel size products, OneSkin doesn't only promise healthier skin, they prove it. I've been all in since the first time I tried it. And now for a limited time, our listeners will get an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products by using the code UNDERSTOOD when you check out at oneskin.co. Starting 2024 off right, give your skin the scientifically proven love it deserves with OneSkin. I traveled to Paris this holiday and I brought the travel pack with me from OneSkin. It was an absolute game changer. Their face cleanser is better than than what I found at the Ritz Spa. I'm not kidding, you guys. The eye and face creams are my favorite. It was the first time I tried the body lotion and I loved it. I came back and I ordered the full size because now I won't use anything else. It's not sticky and it leaves your winter alligator skin in the dust. People have literally been asking me what I use on my face and I cannot recommend OneSkin enough to anyone who ever asks. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company by focusing on the cellular aspects of aging. One skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code understood at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code understood. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them that we sent you new year, healthier skin. That's one skin. So, and when you're doing lyrics, you know, a lot of country songs are about losing a loved one or being left or broken up with or whatever. Do you feel like it's really important to um, have to go through things like that to write about it? Or, you know, there's someone like Taylor Swift who can write, 
different songs for different people. And she was like 14 or something when she started and she was writing songs about yeah. breakups and men leaving you and blah, 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 which I don't think she had really gone through yet. So what do you think about that? Yeah. It's interesting. I kind of think of it similar to the way I think of songwriting, that there's a lot of different ways to look at that. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember I remember hearing this quote one time that I really like about this very question, and it was, uh, a good songwriter can make you believe something that they've gone through, but a great songwriter can make you believe something that they've never gone through. And I think that that's a really interesting way to look at it, and I think that's how maybe some of the artists out there that, that write about things that maybe they haven't personally gone through, they're channeling this kind of like imaginary uh, they're they're putting themselves in that place. And for me, as a songwriter for other artists, I really relate to that because, like, for instance, when I write with Zach Brown or a song for Morgan Wallen or whoever, you know, it's like I, I put myself in their place. Like, I try to pretend like I'm them. I take my hat off and I put on their hat and I'm like, all right, now I'm them. Now what do I want to write about? What do I want to say? All of that, you know, because yeah. it, it won't feel right if it's coming from me. It needs to come from them. Um, so I... You know, I think sometimes a songwriter can look at that with story writing, uh, I mean, storytelling that way. But for me personally, I, I like to write about personal life experiences. And the, I think the thing for me that's most important about what I like to do with music is I like to write music that is positive, that yeah. makes you feel optimistic about life. Even if I'm writing about something really tough, something difficult, you know, I've written songs about really hard heartbreaks that I've gone through and um, difficult things in life, you know, difficult, different, difficult things. But uh, I always want to make sure that there's some redemption in there somewhere. There's some, there's a, there's some a light hope. at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, of hope. Yeah, exactly. Because we need that in this life, right? I mean, yeah. life is 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 a crazy roller coaster ride, and I feel this uh, drive to uh, make my life's purpose about encouraging people along that ride through music. Mm -hmm. Well, you've talked in the past, I know, about um, something you went through, a breakup um, in your past that helped you write some songs, correct? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I kind of think, uh, I think of these experiences that kind of cement themselves in your, in your mind, you know, they're these like little souvenirs that you take with you, whether good ones or bad ones, mm -hmm. to, to gain wisdom in life, right? And then the ones that really stick out to me are the ones I choose to write about. Cause for me, they're the ones that seem meaningful. You know, they obviously struck me, struck a chord with me that I would remember it. Yeah. So that's, that's usually the ideas I try to linger on. And, and uh, yeah, like uh, with my first album, I really, for the most part, just kind of set this tone of good vibes, you know, cause I didn't want to get too philosophical with it. I just wanted to make an album that people could literally quite simply have a good time too, whether they yeah. were at the lake or grilling out with the friends, whatever you're doing, you know, just some, just some vibe music in the background that just get the vibes right, you know, but with my second album that I re I'm releasing in January, mm -hmm. I'm going a lot deeper into the why behind why I make positive music. And for me, it's, it's almost like a, a different form of mental health, you know, like going to the therapist or going to the gym or eating good, all these things that can help your mental health positive music. I'm a big believer that it can shift reality for us a little bit and help us to uh, 
view life with a little bit more of an optimistic outlook. You know, I mean, it's amazing the power of music and how it, it you know, really seeps into our subconscious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to um, what you were talking about with, let's say, Zach Brown or Morgan Wallen. Can we pick a couple songs that you've actually written with them and and talk a little bit about them? I think with Zach, maybe his most famous that people would know is um, Keep sure. Me In Mind or what, what would you say is the more yeah. famous? Um, let's see. You know, Keep Me In Mind is an interesting one. That was the first number one I ever wrote with Zach. And we wrote it about... Uh, this girl that uh, Wyatt, who we wrote the song with, the song was written by three people, me, Zach Brown, and our buddy Wyatt Durrett. We were in Dallas one night, Dallas, Texas, and at a bar, and Wyatt ran into this girl at the bar. They got to talking, and he didn't find out she had a boyfriend. And so before, you know, they left, you know, their little interaction, he said, hey, if things change, keep me in mind. Oh my God. I and, love uh, that was such a, uh, for us, like we just, we just thought that was such a, a funny thing as we were talking about it later on that night, you know, and that's really where the inspiration for where that song came from. Oh my and God. They ended up running into each other like uh, a couple years later, um, uh, in Dallas. Please tell me they got together. They're married now. Stop They're it. married now and they have they have a beautiful baby girl. And so that song was literally written about this girl that White ran ran in uh, ran into and just like had this like kind of uh, moment with the song write the song. We write the song about it, goes number one, runs into her again randomly, and then now they're married. So obviously she knows that it was written about her. I story. hope that they played it at the wedding. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I played the wedding. I was so excited for him that I've never played a wedding before. That's the only one I've played, but I played that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Nico, I love that story. That's amazing. Okay, so, but, like, tell me the process. You you guys went back that night, and did you, like, bang it out all in one night, or did someone come up with the lyrics? How how did how long did it take? Tell me everything. Yeah, so songs can take, you know, all kinds of different timelines. Sometimes they can happen really quick, like it, just in a, an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they can take literally years. This was one that took uh, about a month. It wasn't like a crazy long period. It was like a few weeks, you know, mm-hmm. of, of refining it. Cause you kind of get with like the first stage of it. And it's mm-hmm. like, you've rough blocked it out. Yeah. And then Zach is a very, um, he's very perfectionistic, you know, and I am too. Uh, so, uh, we like to, you know, polish it uh, as much as possible till every little word, every little thing is is absolutely mm-hmm. perfect. And then the way he likes to work is once he kind of gets the song written down on the guitar, then he gets with the band and then they start working out like all the instrumental parts, like the intro riff, like the riff of the song that you know. And so he'll, he'll like go into that mode. And for me, that's kind of like where my hands go off because now we've written the song and I get to have fun and watch him kind of orchestrate yeah. the production of it with his band and create the music, uh, the music behind what we've written. And it's a, it's a really beautiful thing to be a part of. Was there a moment when you heard them play it and it was like tangible in front of you and you were like, Oh my God, how cool. Oh yeah. Every time I remember when, um, homegrown was being recorded in, in the studio uh-huh. and I had written that song, uh, about my hometown and just, you know, how much, uh, I still think about, and I got so much, um, 
I guess, good feelings for where I grew up, you know, and I, and I kind of had this thought, man, everybody does. It doesn't really matter where you're from because it could be the kind of town that is pretty bland and that another person would drive past and just like not think anything. I'm like, there's nothing really much to see. But for the person that's from there, they see it in a completely different light because they see the people there. They, they are seeing all the memories that were made at the different lo- locations around that place. So they kind of got that different perspective on that place. And I wanted to write a song that was about my hometown, but where a person could take ownership of it and would make them think of their hometown. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, but it was all done on the acoustic guitar and then going in the studio and then watching them in the, in the studio with the producer who was a Jay Joyce on that one. And he's done stuff with Pharrell and I mean, just like every, you know, big country artist you can imagine. And so just watching him, work out the music with them and, and them create it is a lot of fun. And I get to have a lot of fun doing that with my own music now, you know, and being yeah. the, the producer and songwriter for my own music. So well, I, I'm I, really yeah, grateful I, to that time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask I got to, you the though, education of it all. Right. I wanted to ask you about how, you know, when you know you have a hit, is it hard to like release that to someone else? Are you like, wait, I want that song for me. <laughs> No, you know, like when, when I'm writing a song for somebody else, it's kind of like we were talking about how like really getting into the place of that person. I kind of decide before I start writing if I'm writing for me or if I'm writing for somebody else. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm writing for Dirk Bentley today, you know, and, and then that's what I'm focused on. Or I'm writing for me today, you know, um, because the, the, I guess the intention is so important, you know, and I think every artist is so unique. You know, when I listen to, um, I don't know, when I'm thinking of like how like Rascal Flatts, how Gary sings and then how someone, you know, like uh, Kenny Chesney sings or somebody, you know, or even in the pop world for people I've written for like Avicii or Pitbull or somebody, it's like all these people, they just sound so different and they're in the way they sing, what their voice can does and what they usually like to do. I I like to listen to like their whole like discography and like really get my mind wrapped around and like how they like to sing and the things that make, them signature because those are the beautiful things so as a songwriter i think the goal is to like find out what it is about them that's special and then shine as much light on that thing as possible yeah that's so cool you know it's so interesting to listen to country singers who do a lot of their own writing or listen to the words of the song right like i personally love luke combs i think you know a lot of the words that he comes out with and the songs and the you know, just the arc of, of the messages he has in every song. He has so many good ones. And it's, um, you know, I love listening to him because it touches something in me, even if I didn't realize it did, you know, um, and, and the, the beat is so good and it could be slow. It could be fast, but he always gets it. You know what I mean? So he's somebody I really love. Is there someone that you, um, have never written for that, that you want to, or someone you're listening to that you really love? Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny you, you mentioned Luke because, uh, you know, I'm I'm such a fan of what Luke does and, and his unique style of country that he does that's him, you know, that uh, I really just respect the authenticity with which he does it. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time to find management, I ended up uh, 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 getting with the same manager that, that Luke has. So, <laughs> uh, but when it, when, when it comes to um, artists that I would really love to write with, um, I think at the very top of my list would be Chris Stapleton. Oh, I love he's, uh, he's my favorite. He's probably my favorite. I mean, I'm a full-on fan, you know. Uh, yeah. His voice is 
incredible. His songwriting is incredible. Just, yeah. it, it, you know, like how Luke's is. It's just, it's always at that high, high, high bar. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the songs just always really hit home. And for me, there's always that feeling of authenticity and genuineness with him, with Luke, you know, um, with artists like that. that. And it's something I strive for with yeah. my own music. And as a fan, that's really, I think, even beyond how good the singer is, like how kind of runs they can do, or like even the sound of the music. What I'm more interested in, even more than that, is how honest is it? And, yeah. and, and uh, how moved do I feel by it? You know, because sometimes a, a Bob Dylan song, you know, can really move you or Neil Young or somebody like that. And these, these are people that may not have like the greatest technical voices, but the songs yeah. are so amazing, right? Yeah, it's so, funny um, you say his name because a, a song that's on the radio consistently right now of his, I don't even know the name. I think it's White Horse, maybe. Am I getting that right? Um, and I just yeah. love that. And it's so funny. My 11 year old daughter now knows all the words to the chorus because it hits something with everyone, right? She's never been through that where she's waiting for a knight in shine, shining armor to come through with a white horse, but like, she loves it. And I, I love the concept of that song. You know, I'm still waiting for my white horse and my knight to come for me. So I, I love it. It like kind of brings me to tears and his voice is just so good. So good. Um, and fire yeah, away. I always like texture voices, you know, like voices that got a little sandpaper on them. Yeah. And uh, Chris and Luke kind of have that little bit of that, that something, something in it. I've always been attra uh, attracted to female singers, uh, like drawn to female singers that got a little rasp in their voice, like a Amy Winehouse or somebody like that. And a little yeah. something, something there, you know? Right, right. Okay, so let's get back to talking about you a little more because I know that you're the star here. So um, let's talk about your past a little bit because, you know, everyone's had ups and downs, but something that's probably made you more, you know, um, raw and transparent in your music. You have had some some issues in the past that have made you kind of stop and take a look at yourself. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So um, I think the main thing for me that was really probably the most difficult thing that I had to get over was uh, I, I had a problem for a little while with drinking. And it's, you know, the drinking problem stemmed from a completely different problem that I had, which was an emotional problem that I had. I was uh, in a relationship for seven years and it ended up going south uh, due to, uh, get, I got cheated on. And, um, I was in my early 20s and I didn't really know how to handle that. Yeah. And so I just uh, instead decided to uh, kind of, you know, push it to the side. Uh, I, I had big dreams uh, with music and I was so, you know, focused on that. I found myself, you know, at, at that time playing those honky tonks and playing those bars. So I was, I was, kind of like right there in this sweet spot of my, of chasing my dream, but also at the same time, you know, this thing that started to become a hindrance to me was right there because I was also processing a lot of heartbreak at the same time. And right. so, um, uh, for me, it, uh, I kind of got to a place where I didn't really know <laughs> how to untangle that knot per mm -hmm. um, alone. And so yeah. uh, that's when I decided to uh, reach out and uh, uh, talk to somebody about it. And it ended up being 
the best decision, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, I kind of think of it as like a, you know, like a women's jewelry, like a necklace is so, so thin and sometimes are so, you know, petite and they can get tangled up. And when those little necklaces get tangled up, to get them undone is like, it's a thing. Like you got to sit down and want it, you know, it's going to take a while, but eventually you can get to it. And for me, it's like a, Sometimes things in life can happen for all of us on that ride. Mm-hmm. None of us are immune to it, right? It's part of the human experience, just like happiness is. Mm-hmm. Sadness, anxiety, stress, these things that can sometimes get to that point, though, where they be, start to become overwhelming happen. Yeah. And then you, uh, it can be good to talk to somebody. And for me, what I, I kind of never really realized was that I thought it was just like uh, venting or like talking and uh and, and someone being a listening ear, but really I was given literal tools, uh, yeah. little exercises and mental games that I could play with myself uh, to strengthen my mind, my mind's resilience. I ended up becoming aware that the, my physical had like a really big impact on my mental, you know? And mm-hmm. so realizing that, uh, you know, if, uh, if I'm eating like crap, if I'm not exercising, you know, if I'm drinking all the time, if I'm doing all this stuff, it's going to be pretty hard to to get the feeling positive up here, feeling better, you know? Yeah. So um, I, I just, I'm so grateful for that experience that I really want to be able to kind of pay it forward and, and, and pass it on with my life, with my love of music. Because once that kind of experience happened for me before that, I was singing songs just not, and not that there's anything wrong with this. I was just saying a song about, you know, basically just, you know, hooking up or like getting hammered or whatever. I don't know. Just like, you know, just general party songs. And uh, it, it made me, it kind of inspired me to want to make songs about something more than that. And uh, I'm having so much fun doing it. And I hope that the music can encourage people and and, uh, and provide them with a, hope for the future because there is, you know, there's always better days ahead. Yeah. Well, I think that's such an important message for people because, you know, what you went through is such a universal thing, obviously, whether it's cheating, whether it's losing somebody, whether it's you've gone down one path and it changes and you don't know how you got there. And so many people get stuck. And what you said is, is brilliant that, you know, to be able to get happiness and get to that place, you have to be able to experience pain and sadness and know the difference and get yourself out of there. And so many people, I think, get stuck or feel like this is the end. I'm never going to find someone else. Or why did this happen? Because this is how my life was supposed to turn out. And here you are, you know, years later in a completely different position and you're better off, right? I mean, you, you're married to a woman you obviously love very much. You have a child, you know, you, you're, you have a new album coming out next year, but had you not gone through that, you may have made different decisions. And so you needed to go through, um, you know, a lower point to get to that higher point. And I think that's a really important message for people to hear and understand and gives them hope that they will see better days. Like you're saying. Absolutely. And, and and yeah, my wife was a huge encouragement too, because when we met, I was still uh, kind of on the, on the tail end of, of processing all of that, you know, and um, kind of overcoming uh, my addictive natures. So she was a huge encouragement. So really kind of like accepting the help, you know, and the encouragement and uh, was huge. Um, so for me, it's uh, it's 
it's just something that means so much to me. And, and, and that's why, that's why when we were talking earlier about even in those moments, like having some sort of sense of redemption in, in there, you know, cause with the first album, it was nothing, but, you know, just, it's always good times, which nobody loves getting out on the lake. Nobody loves getting around the campfire more than me, you know, <laughs> because I do believe that life is meant to be celebrated. But, yeah. um, yeah, talking a little more with the second album and, and, and saying, hey, you know, the reason why I'm doing this is because of, you know, the instances in life where I, I did feel hopeless. And it was really difficult to find to find the path to positivity. And um, it's something that I do daily, you know, still to this day. You know, I mean, I wake up every day and have to proactively set my compass towards, you know, the forward direction. Or else, I mean, before I know it, you know, I, I'm caught up in, in, in my old way. So it's a daily proactive habit, you know. And, it's and a daily choice. Just doing yeah. what I can to. Yeah, it's a daily choice, you know. And so for me, positive music can really help um, encourage that proactivity, which is what it takes, you know, to really keep that consistent, positive life going forward. You need help. And so uh, just kind of like good, good eating or exercising, it's like having positive music in coming into your mind um is is gonna have an effect you know i kind of uh almost like a little challenge it's like maybe only like think only positive thoughts for one day and see how it affects your life the next day when you wake up how you'll generally feel it's like immediately when you have like a go to start having a negative thought kind of stop it and play that little game for an entire day you know mm -hmm it can really make a big difference. And for me, positive music is like a similar thing because we just don't really, I think, realize how much it affects us if we're listening to like music that's pretty much making us feel hopeless, making us feel sad, even though it makes us feel connected because the song is, is this person is talking about a deep sadness and you feel a deep sadness, so you're connecting to that. But if yeah. there's no hope in it, then you, it, keep, it kind of will keep you there with with them in that moment, right? And mm -hmm. I think when you're in sadness, what you're looking for is a way out. And yeah. So uh, that's where right. music can really help. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about um, what we can expect with your new album coming out soon. Is there like a certain tone to it? I know it's about better days and better vibes and all that stuff, but you yeah. really got more into the, the heart of the matter. Um, is there a favorite song you have? Yeah, my favorite song is called Better Days. And so that's the name of the album. The album's called Better Days. And then the lead single, Better Days, which I got some really exciting news about um, how that song is going to be connected to my nonprofit. So uh, at the exact same time that Better Days comes out, I'm also launching my nonprofit, which is called the Happy Cowboy Foundation, which yeah, is tell us about a nonprofit. That. Yeah, it's a nonprofit that helps uh, people get therapy that... Uh, are in need and uh, looking for help. So um, obviously there's, you know, so many of us out there that, that need to talk to somebody, but it's so expensive and not just one talk, you know, you need to talk a few times to get over anything that's difficult in life, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, but it's not always financially viable, you know, there's a million situations, but if you were to use the example of like, you're just like a single mom, you got two kids and, you know, uh, you're working at, you know, a, a minimum wage job, how in the world, you know, you're under a lot of stress. There may be like a lot of things that you could really use help navigating mentally. And how are you going to swing talking to somebody? It's just, that's an impossibility really financially, you know, because those kids got to get fed. And those, you get to school and all the stuff that, that she has to do, you know? So, um, 
helping those people, you know, like I said, I got such a heart for working class people because I grew up in that environment, you know, and, uh, and so just wanting to, uh, to, to just help everybody as much as I can through the song uh, Better Days. And so what Better Days is all about is that song is really the foundation of the album because it is my philosophy on positivity. And this is what my philosophy on positivity is. Positivity is not, does not mean that you're happy all the time. It does not mean being happy all the time. What positivity is, is even in the hard times, it's having faith that there's better days ahead. Mm. And I really want to kind of spread that message that, you know, if you're feeling in a, in a way and people are like, man, just be positive, you know, and you're like, how am I supposed to flip it? It's like, that's not, and just be happy. It's like, that's not, that's not it. You know, it's like, it's accepting the, where you're at. It's like saying, okay, we're here. This is, the bottom of the of, of this moment of the roller coaster of my ride, and so while I'm here, while I'm in this valley, I'm going to choose to keep the faith that there's better days ahead. And yeah. so um, that's what the song is all about. That's uh, that's what the album is all about. And there's going to be uh, basically a way that I'm going to be connecting this album that I'll be talking about a little bit more in the future that I'm going to be connecting this album with uh, my nonprofit to help people get therapy from people listening to the album. Amazing. I love that, Nico. So will you be going on tour and performing? Yeah. So I'll be on tour. The tour starts February 1st. Uh, tickets just went on sale uh, and some of the shows are already almost sold out. So amazing. it's been amazing. It's been beautiful. I'm so excited. My, we call the fan base the good timers. It's just people that love having a good time, you know, and, and you know, I'm so grateful for this musical family that, that we have formed in that, in that building. Mm-hmm. Um, so anybody's watching, Oh Lord, anybody that's watching, come on out y'all. It's um, the way I like to look at it. It's kind of like a vacation. Uh, you ain't got to go to Cabo to go on vacation. You know, you can just uh, come to the show, hit the pause button for an hour and a half and just celebrate life together. Uh, it'll be all across the country and uh, the Better Days Tour. Can't wait to see oh, you all there. Nico, you're the best. You have such a big heart. I love talking to you. Okay, your album drops in January of 2024, right? Yep, January 19th is when Better Days, the album comes out. And then February 1st is the first day of the tour. $1 from every single ticket sold goes to the Happy Cowboy Foundation. So just by coming to the show, you're donating. You're supporting. Great. Where can people find you and um, look up your stuff and see your tour dates? Yeah, just go to nikomoon.com, N-I-K-O-M-O-O-N, and uh, you'll you'll get all the tour dates there. And then for listening to the music everywhere, wherever you listen to the music, I'm there, yo. Awesome. So I'm going to check out your schedule. Hopefully we will meet in person at one of your concerts. I think you're fantastic. I love your message and um, I hope you will come back after your, your album comes out and you've gone on tour and we can talk about um, your nonprofit more and how that has affected people. Cause I think that's such a great thing that you're doing. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. That would be amazing. Hey, Rachel, I had a blast talking. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait to cross paths in person and say, Hey, absolutely. You can count on it. All right, take care. 
Thank you so much for listening to Misunderstood. I'm your host, Rachel Yucatel. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a five-star rating and review. You can support the show by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel. Do you have ideas for the show or want to reach out? Email us at info misunderstood podcast at gmail.com. That's spelled M-I-S-S understood. Thank you so much and I'll see you next time. Misunderstood.